This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I'm on my MacBook again. Yeah. And for a minute there, kind of frightened me that the screen flickered like it was about to kernel panic. No. <laughs> While we're recording. It shouldn't do. I've got it locked to the integrated Intel GPU. Yeah. So as long as it stays on that, we should be all right. <laughs> I've got this app that locks it to the integrated GPU. I think that flicker was just because um, Skype is now an Electron app. Yeah. I think. And Spotify is and Slack is, I believe. And they all seem to have this weird flickery nature on my right. laptop. So I'll, I'll be like, you know, in Spotify browsing a playlist and all of a sudden I'll get this really like scrambled graphic effect. Yeah, uh, that's really quite bad. Essentially, where the canvas, I guess, that is where Chrome is rendering in the background, is sort of playing catch up. Um, yeah, Slack yeah. does it too, and Skype just did it then, which is what I saw, which freaked me out. But I think that's just that because of that, rather than the, the laptop literally about to die. Mm. Although my charging cable is now starting to fall to pieces, as of like two days ago, it's like the um, the plastic on the on the cable has almost just reached this point now where it's just starting to disintegrate whenever you touch it. It's like it's just reached that age and now it's like, I'm now going to disintegrate. So every time yeah. I go near it, it's just a little bit more flakes off of it. It's reached the you must upgrade now age. <laughs> I think that is no. it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I need to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the 2018 model now is back down to 2055. And, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get it, even though I said I would. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I can. Not now I've heard these new rumours. I've just got to wait. Well, I think the thing is, is that you're going to be trying to upgrade as soon as you see the, the new devices. I think that is quite likely. So there's an element of, well, why should you buy a brand new machine right now if you think you're going to be upgrading in a few months' time, if you don't need it? right now fundamentally you know it's not holding you up then just just hold on yeah uh i I guess the only debate is how far away we are from sort of new machines or not really i don't know i mean those rumors complete these macbook rumors totally caught us out last week i think because when did we record last it was eight days ago so that would be the 17th of feb yep then we published on thursday which would have been i don't know the 20 something of course, in between us recording and publishing, the um, those rumours um, came out about the new MacBooks and everything. So, yep. obviously, that then hit. I think was it Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Um, we then published on a Thursday with me saying, "Oh yeah, I might get a 2018 MacBook Pro." Blah 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 blah. Uh, and now it's just like, no way, <laughs> not, <laughs> can't do it. Not now. I know that's coming. Um, I've, I've just got to. I've got. I've got to hang on. Um, so we we should get into that. I mean, the the, the rumour there itself. How strong do you think it is? Um, I would, I would bet heavily that it's correct, just because of the guy um, that that's uh, got the information. I think he works for some kind of like stock company or securities company, kind of like you know, like financial stuff. And he he writes these uh, sort of like newsletters on what he thinks Apple are up to, based on information he gets from deep inside the Chinese supply chain. Yep. Um. So generally, when it comes to product stuff, he's got a pretty good track record. When it comes to things like product names and pricing, sort of the marketing side of stuff, he's not so good. 
Right. But then, you know, Apple can keep that stuff much closer to their chest if they're sort of in, you know, Apple Park in Cupertino discussing this stuff internally. That stuff might not get exposed to the supply chain for obvious reasons. Yeah, it doesn't make it that far. Yeah, supply chain stuff, you can have a pretty good bet, I suppose, that if he's got little birdies talking to him from inside the supply chain, I would be inclined to believe that the rumours are true. Um, again, factoring in his kind of previous track record. So I guess for anyone who hasn't heard, I suppose we should just quickly say the rumour is a 16 to a 16 and a half inch MacBook Pro could be on the horizon. Uh, there were some some iPad rumours, which I'm not too up to date on because I've just been so obsessed with this MacBook rumour. But I guess, you know, new CPUs and stuff in the iPads and that's cool. Yeah. And a spec bump to the iPad mini. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And, and is it somewhere in there, um, a 10.2-inch iPad, which would be a, a new kind of form factor, I guess, again, a new size? So I guess the regular iPad, the one that was announced at the education event, will probably get the same treatment as the Pros got in that the bezels got reduced and maybe the liquid retina. Yeah, um, I guess so. That, that, that would be more here. of a sort of 10R kind of version of the iPad, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, um, there was rumours I think of a new iPod Touch as well. But yes, it's kind of yeah, it's cool that it's out there. I mean, it's of no interest to me, obviously, because I've got the phone, so it's 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 pointless. But I can see a lot of people that might benefit from it. So yeah, nice to see they haven't completely abandoned that. Yep. Um, and then of course there was the, the thirty-one and a half inch uh, monitor, six K di- display. Yeah, so yeah, is it like a sort of 6K by 3K resolution? Sort of 6,000 something by 3,000 something. That's, um, yeah, that's going to be nice. Expensive, no doubt, but yeah. Um, the thing that stood out to me was the the backlighting technology that got mentioned. The, I need to get this right. It's not micro LED, it was mini LED. Yep. Um, so I guess to explain that, I suppose when you, some of the higher end LED TVs have like an LED matrix that uh, you know matrix of leds that make up the backlight yep so let's say the bottom left corner of the screen is predominantly dark in a scene you could turn off a portion of those leds to sort of darken the screen although it's it's not perfect i mean one example is when credits run at the end of a film obviously you've got white text typically on a on a black background yeah and you'll kind of have the 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 matrix of leds sort of going on and off as the white text scrolls up the screen but of course, they're not that precise, so you kind of get this weird glowing effect around the text. Right, as a sort of backlighting uh, pixels, they shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Whereas micro, uh, not micro, mini LED, presumably the clue is in the name. It's going to be much smaller, so a higher concentration of LEDs that make up the backlight that could allow for more deliberate illumination or sort of not illuminating in in the backlight. So. Um, that could be really cool. I've not heard of that technology before, actually, either, until this leak, I must confess. Um, I do like to think that I kind of pay half a, half an eye's worth of attention to the TV market, but I, I hadn't heard of mini-LED, so maybe I haven't been paying as much attention as I thought. Can we can we just, just take a moment there? That is Apple getting back into the, the monitor side of things, which they kind of... I can't remember if it was official or not, but I do remember the, the, the kind of language being used when they exited uh sort of being a case of well they were going to leave this to to other manufacturers now that they didn't need to be in this space 
you know, like when they were um, selling the the LG displays for the first time on Apple.com, mm-hmm. you know, there was a, a very much this sort of vibe of, well, uh, that yeah, this was a space Apple did not need to be in. You know, similar to them exiting, making routers and um, and, and printers before that as, as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. I think at the roundtable when they talked about the Mac Pro, I think they made mention then that they're going to be doing a Pro display to go alongside the Mac Pro. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously we haven't heard anything, have we? I mean, that was that seems like so long ago now. Is that nearly two um, years ago now? It will be. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be two years in April. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they better show us something at WWDC. I'm not even funny, but it's been quite a while. They've said we're doing it, and it's like, well, come on then, you know. Do it, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think if they don't show anything Mac Pro related at WWDC, there's going to be a lot of very angry people because they, in 2017, they said, what was it? They said it's not going to be a product we release this year, and a lot of people leapt to the conclusion that oh, well, that means next year, so 2018, and then best part of 2018 rolls by, and then we get an announcement saying oh, it's a, it's a 2019 product. So, you know, last we heard, it's, it's going to be this year, right? Yeah, um, and if they let WWDC roll by having said nothing, that's pretty much half the year gone. And that's half the year gone when you know of the year they said they would release it. Um, so yeah, then I would start to worry if they hadn't said anything by that point. I mean, at least just preview it and say you know, almost like they did with the old one, uh, the trash can. They announced it, you know, big fanfare, and then they said, "Oh yeah, but it will be coming next late in the year," which probably means like December tenth or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it it deserves that sort of sneak peek. Yeah, totally. And, and not only that, you've got a room like how many like five thousand people they get in the convention center, and you're going to have a whole room packed full of the target market for this machine. Not to mention all the thousands more that are going to be tuning in to the live stream around the world that are potentially going to want this machine. Yeah, um, this is their one opportunity to to pitch it. They don't have to release it, and they don't have to give a shipping date. You know, just say it's coming in the fall or, or whatever they want to say. But they, they, they surely must tell us. They have to tell us. I think so. Uh, and I, it makes sense if they showed us a display at the same time because I, I think the two are going to probably weave a bit of a narrative um, in terms of the marketing. So yeah, they're going to the monitor will be a companion product to the Mac Pro, um, possibly even these new MacBooks um, if they can. I don't know if they'll be able to run that resolution over, what we on now, Thunderbolt 3? Yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to run that resolution at 60 hertz over what we've got now with Thunderbolt 3. I don't know, I'd need to look into that, but... Um, it feels yeah. like a, another jump, again, in that sort of capability, so I guess I would be expecting it to kind of need something faster, but... That that is based on not really kind of doing the maths and figuring out what what it would need, right? So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what the case is these days with the iMac and the iMac Pros, but certainly the the iMac 5K that I've got here, it's um, I think behind the scenes they're running two Thunderbolt um, connections, and then they've got a custom piece of silicon, a T-con, a timing controller that essentially you know, merges the two signals together and puts puts them on the screen. Yeah, um, but obviously when you're connecting something like a, a, a MacBook or even a Mac Pro, you don't have that luxury, do you? Because obviously the iMac's all enclosed, so you can do a bit of sorcery behind the behind the, 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 the screen, as it were. But, yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, 
and also learning more about mini mini LED backlighting as well. I think that could be could be quite interesting. I mean, no doubt it's probably going to have the best picture anyone's ever seen. I would guess. <laughs> it's I would hope so. In terms of PC monitors, with the fit and finish we've come to expect. Yeah. So potentially we're talking about that there there will be a larger MacBook Pro to connect to all of this. I want that MacBook so badly. Like, yeah. I can't even explain it. I haven't been this excited about Mac hardware in a long time. Yeah, it feels like this has been a long time coming. I, um, yeah, I've, I've just been so excited about this. Ever since this, this rumour's come out, I, there was just like one, I think a couple of nights ago, I was just sat there watching the TV, and all of a sudden I just remembered that this whole rumour was a thing, and that just made me happy. Um, and I think that's kind of, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that MacBook Pro rumour. That's cool. A little smile on my face and just carried on watching the TV kind of thing. Uh, but I, th- I don't know, maybe that's kind of... I think what 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 excites me about it the most, obviously the product, but it kind of represents Apple almost firing on all cylinders again. Yeah, because you know the the Mac is you could argue, that especially in terms of the hardware, it's been a little bit lacking of late. The twenty sixteen generation of MacBook Pros, you could argue, were a bit of a, a swing and a miss. Yeah, uh, the Mac Mini was abandoned for a long time. The Mac Pro was abandoned and still is kind of abandoned until we see this new thing. The Mac, the Mac um, Mini, it feels to me very much like they they retrieved an awful lot last year when they did that mm. update. I mean, it remains to be seen whether they'll kind of give it speed bumps or anything like that. But the machine that they released last year, I know quite a few people weren't happy with the price increase. However, spec-wise, it was the machine that a lot of people have been asking for or or, or wanting to exist. And I Mm. kind of feel like with the 16-inch MacBook Pro rumor, if that happens, if they deliver on that, that will be a very similar kind of effect. There's a cohort of of professionals who still miss the 17-inch MacBook Pro. And I kind of feel like this sort of slightly larger uh, kind of screen size would would kind of give a a bit of a nod to those people. You know, it's that sort of kind of like people who have been been, been holding out for that sort of like um, that slightly bigger model, uh, better specced. And I guess if there's something in there about it having some of the keyboard issues quite definitely resolved you know this could mm. represent a machine that sort of draws a line under the last sort of you know, three years or so of macbook pro updates and kind of says no actually like like you say apple are operating on all cylinders now you know it, it could be the machine that represents that so it's it's a funny one i think when the 2018 models came out for the macbook pro uh, there, there were quite a few people ready to sort of jump and say oh they've sorted out the keyboard problems now it's got this membrane that's great and i kind of had a bit of bated breath about that really with the sense of oh it remains to be seen uh and i think to an extent it still does yeah yeah exactly so it definitely feels like they need to sort of do something that that lets them draw some sort of line underneath that era and, and shows what's happening next uh, and, and i think this is going to be too soon for an arm transition i I do not think that these machines are going to be sort of full of arm chips at this stage yeah i would agree um Uh, but i I do think the the form factor in the direction uh could still be be quite representative of what we do see over the next sort of two or three years if arm is coming that soon 
Whereas I kind of, I guess I sort of felt like, well, uh, the, the, the form factor change and the arm chips are probably going to come hand in hand. I, I kind of feel like now, well, maybe that's not going to be the case. And, and that could be okay as, as well. You're you know? from the point of view that if they were to put an arm chip in a MacBook Pro, they could potentially make it even thinner. And so then the thinner hardware would come obviously alongside the, the arm chip. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. Might, might not be the direction at all. You know, that that space that you gain could perhaps be weighed off with battery, for example. Yeah. I guess my question is, can ARM actually replace Intel at the high end? Um, I don't doubt that it could at the low end. Yeah. So, you know, look at the, the 12-inch MacBook, 13-inch MacBook Air. Could an ARM chip go in there and have the device be better than it is now with an Intel chip in it? Probably, yeah. Um, compare and contrast that to a you know, 6-core i9 MacBook Pro. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Apple. I mean, look at what they've achieved so far with their chip division. It, it's impressive is, is an understatement, but we haven't actually seen anything to you know that they've done that could occupy that space at the high end. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I had a bit of a thought. I don't know if I spoke to you about it on Slack or not, um, about whether an ARM CPU could go in into a, in addition to the Intel CPUs on the high-end machines. So you have the the you know the 12-inch MacBook, 13-inch MacBook Air, they just have ARM CPUs. Then yeah. you step up to MacBook Pros, they have you know whatever Intel can chuck out that year plus the new A12, A13, A14X whatever chip it's called in there as like a as a secondary CPU, then the system can deploy tasks to the most appropriate CPU sort of on an ad hoc hoc basis Mm. um i don't know i don't know whether that's feasible i know they've got um they're kind of doing that a little bit aren't they with the touch bar because that's all driven from an a series chip i believe yes um and there's a is there something called bridge os that kind of merges the two worlds i'm not sure uh but yeah they definitely do have a, a an arm chip in to manage the touch bar and that side of things yeah I'm sure I keep seeing people saying, oh, I, I get kernel panics and I see Bridge OS being the cause for it. Uh, <laughs> well, that doesn't so, bode well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, assuming they fix it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just made me thought actually that way, you know, that the system can dispatch the most appropriate task to the most appropriate CPU. You, know, you could even potentially bring the Intel CPU down to almost a halt when it's not required. That way then your MacBook Pro could get sort of insane 24, 30-hour battery life. So when you're just doing a bit of browsing the web, that kind of stuff. But when you need to crank it um, and do whatever it is you're doing, then the Intel CPU can can take over. Um, I, I don't know if this, this is just me being a bit sort of away in the clouds, but, you know, it's an interesting thought. It, it is. Uh, I don't know... I don't know enough about the technicality you would need to do that sort of bridging, and I wonder if the um, the technicalities and the cons might outweigh the sort of um, the, the benefits you might get to some degree. You yeah. know, make it a little bit infeasible, really. I, Potentially, I, I could imagine it being useful for uh, for running marzipan apps, for example. Potentially, as sort of like an it almost a. Um, if you imagine that they're running effectively right now as uh, simulator apps almost, if you could hand off that execution over to that side and then just render the output, that might be something that could be useful. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't quite see it just in terms of, I, I suspect that sort of bridging could be um, far more sort of complex than it needs to be. Uh, mm. But I wouldn't rule it out, you know, and then that could be that, that sort of, it has Intel and you are using Intel, but there is also this, this other chip that has these other uses um, that, that could be a thing. And I, I, yeah, maybe. And I think, I guess what I'm kind of seeing here and, th- and feeling here at the moment is I keep thinking, or I have thought in the past of arm as sort of being this thing that marks quite a transition. You know, we're going to, there is Intel before, and then afterwards there's arm and, you know, never the twain should meet sort of thing. And, and, and once you've updated to an arm machine, that that's it. Yeah, kind of like the, the movement from PowerPC to Intel. It was a very definite movement forwards. It's entirely possible that with um, a sort of universal binary format and apps coming out of the um, the app store now, you know, with kind of Bitcode and, and, and app slicing and that side of things going on, it's entirely possible that that transition just doesn't matter in the same way as it used to. If, if provided you know, binaries are being produced with, with executables for either type of CPU. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, is that, that um, if it's Intel this year and a new form factor, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it could be the beginnings of, of ARM next year and the same form factor, for example. Um, equally, like the idea you're saying there of, of potentially having both chips on the go or something going on under the hood to sort of deliver that kind of blended experience. If that was a thing, well, then maybe that goes hand in hand with universal binaries or some sort of approach like that, that delivers the the different executables that each processor could need. Maybe this is a transition that just isn't quite as, um, as final as PowerPC to Intel was. And and if that's the case, then we could expect to see Intel chips hanging around inside of Macs for a few years to come, and maybe it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know what to expect in terms of form factor though from the new this new kind of MacBook. Um, I was watching uh, a guy on YouTube, uh, Dave Lee, I think he's called, goes by the name goes by um, Dave Two D, and he made a good point that perhaps this new form factor is actually required. Because it, it felt a bit soon to me to be having this kind of redesign in 2019. Um, I know we've kind of said maybe they would, based on how polarising the 2016 generation and 2017, 2018 have been. So therefore they might be in a more of a mood to switch to something new quicker than they otherwise would. Um, but he made the point that actually when you look at the roadmap of Intel and AMD with their graphics chips, these new parts are going to be kicking out quite a bit of heat. And... I mean, you'll remember from last year with the, the 2018 MacBooks, heat was basically the, the topic of discussion, wasn't it? Certainly in the start. And I, I know that got remedied, but nevertheless, I think even when the fix was pushed out to stop them, like, you know, going overheating and then all the throttling issues, I think the prevailing opinion was and probably still is, is that these machines run really quite hot. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess Apple's hand has been forced maybe in the fact that by now they expected Intel to have delivered 10 nanometer 
and they just haven't. And they probably thought that maybe in 2017 they'd get 10 nanometer, and then in 2018 they'd get 10 10 nanometer. And I, 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 I did try and keep up with what Intel are up to with their uh, with their chip process. Um, I think we're going to start to get some 10 nanometer stuff this year, but whether it's the stuff we need to go into the MacBooks, uh, the MacBook Pro line anyway, that generation of chips, I, I think I read somewhere that we probably won't for the better part of this year. So I'm guessing that I'd miss the boat, perhaps. For, yeah, it would. What, this, I'm pretty for this sure MacBook. that would. Yeah. So maybe that Apple just need to you know, re-engineer their, their cooling strategy. Um, it might be that the machine gets a bit thicker. Um, I don't know that I would mind that, necessarily. Um, I don't feel that the MacBooks need to be as thin as they are, necessarily. I mean, they look really nice. And, you know, that's one side of it and, and the weight is another but i i don't necessarily crave it i don't, I don't know how no. you feel about the, the weight of your MacBook currently whether it's so i'm still using my old 2013 13 inch macbook pro at home and then i've got the 2017 15 inch um at work and, and the work machine actually travels with me as well if it remained um the thickness it is for the 2017 then um, I, I don't think I would, would really mind. It already feels quite thin. Um, and equally, if we saw a return to sort of more, even more 2013 kind of thicknesses, uh, if that meant, you know, better better cooling and the sort of throughput and processor gains that you get for having that sort of thing work better, um, along with perhaps a little more battery or something like that, then, yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be fine yeah. with that. Although I do... I do respect that for people that are running smaller machines for the weight, you know, every little kind of matters at that point. Uh, so, but I mean, for for those people where that really, really does matter, we do have the updated MacBook Air. I was and, just going to say, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there, is a, there is a tipping point there, I guess. And, and that's, well, if that matters more to you, the way you can go down in processor, but have this, this lighter machine. So... Yeah, I mean they're they're probably pretty well covered, really, to to do something where they are as thick or get slightly thicker, and and it really just doesn't matter. I guess the only thing to consider is that if we are going to a sixteen or a sixteen and a half inch screen, the chassis, the footprint of the chassis will have to get bigger. Yep. Therefore, there'll be that element to extra weight, and then if there is any extra thickness, that's going to be felt almost double time, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah I, it would I, compound. Yeah, I I don't know if this would be a replacement for the 15-inch or in addition to. I'm starting to think it might be a replacement. Rather a than... replacement, but selling the older model as a kind of cheaper entry would, would very much fit with what they, they tend to do at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so what the 2018 so... will become what the 2015 model was, because that hung around on the the apple store for ages didn't it exactly yes so so that would be you'd expect a a price decrease and a a no processor bump going on there for that yeah uh i'm quite interested in this whole idea of it going edge to edge though on the screen and and that that is going to be the sort of i guess kind of one of the bigger deals about these machines yeah well i as soon as i saw you know, the, the extra size it was going to be, my instant thought was, oh, they're going to liquid retina it. 
that's obviously what they're going to do. That was um, so. I don't know if you've seen. I tweeted earlier. I, I basically um, started thinking about it this afternoon, and I went into Affinity Designer and I drew a 15-inch MacBook Pro. I got the dimensions um, and drew okay. it like proper measurements. It was a little bit crude, but it was it was more or less there. And so I had the 15-inch 2018 as it is today. And then I thought, right, okay, so if they're going to go edge to edge, sort of do a liquid retina. Yeah. And I thought, and if we're going to get face ID as well, maybe, because that's another thing we haven't actually spoken about yet, but I think they're probably going to put face ID in this thing. I think uh, they probably are as well. Yeah. So then I got out a set of calipers and measured the height of the notch on my iPhone ten that allows for face ID. Yeah. So I then basically... I put a screen, a new screen on this uh, 15 inch MacBook that I'd drawn in Affinity. I drew a new screen on it as if it had a top, left and right and bottom bezel of the height of the notch off my iPhone 10. That's making sense. Um, And in doing so, that only gives you a screen size of about 15.7 inches. Okay, so in the existing go, chassis. In the existing chassis with bezels that are the sort of the height of the, of what the notch is on the on the iPhone. Yep. Um, so to go to 16 inch, obviously that's going to need a bigger one, and if you go to 16.5, that's going to need a bigger chassis altogether. Yeah. Um, and I, I yeah I put this tweet out where I showed I showed the current uh, 15 inch with a liquid retina screen. Um, with that size bezel then i showed it stretched to 16 inch and to 16 and a half inch um and i think yeah six you look at it doesn't look like much when you put them side by side um yeah so i showed the three sort of going 15.7 to 16 to 16.5 and it's like oh yeah the 16.5 is obviously the way to go then i did a different graphic where you had them basically stacked on top of each other so 16.5 inch at the bottom then the 16 then the 15 and actually, the yeah. footprint does get pretty big pretty quickly when you go to 16.5, um, even with those <laughs> relatively thin bezels. So, yeah, I don't know what Apple are going to do, really. Uh, part of me quite wants the big kind of battleship thing, if you like. You know, let's go 16.5. Oh, yeah. Let's have the biggest thing possible. I don't mind carrying it around in my backpack. You know, that kind of attitude. Um, but I think if it's to replace the 15-inch I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see us get something more in the realms of a 16-inch, maybe a 16.1 or, or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. Just to try and rein in the physical side of the size of the device a little bit. Um, I mean, it, maybe they can go even thinner on those bezels, thinner than, uh, you know, what... Because obviously I used the... I think it's 9 millimeters is the height of the notch, so I kind of ran that around to be the bezel and then sort of imp- superimposed a liquid retina kind of style screen. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I can't see them really doing the sixteen point five. I guess the only thing I would say there is that's assuming that the uh, the the face ID sensor has to live inside of that bezel space, rather than being a notch. Could be another side of it. Um, <sighs> I can't see them doing that. Can you? I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know. Um, I would have argued I couldn't have seen the notch coming on the phone. So I guess that's something to to consider uh the other thing is is whether it needs to actually live in the bezel 
and there's a possibility that maybe it could go elsewhere on the device if you consider that when the screen is open the um you've got that space on the hinge uh potentially somewhere down there i did wonder about that actually because you know when i put that the the bezel around on on the design there was obviously a lot more space beneath um the the screen than there was around the the left right and the top because obviously you've got the whole hinge thing going on um, yep so yeah i i do wonder if maybe it would go the screen could go more edge to edge on the top left and right side but then yep. obviously you know where you know, you've got the writing macbook pro um whether you could put a face id sensor sort of around there yeah because that's yeah, always, i think you, you potentially could sort of aim it up a little bit <laughs> so it manages yeah. to get you get your face um because it's a bit of a weird angle isn't it i guess potentially but like you wouldn't yeah, put a webcam the, there would you necessarily no no and so that's the other thing as well if you did that well there's still an argument as to where the webcam would actually go uh yeah uh, so so may, maybe not but I, I guess just looking at what we've seen with the ipad pro they kind of took that same theory and just kind of had a, a, a notch size bezel that went all the way around the, the perimeter of the screen didn't they yeah and yeah no, i guess that 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 is quite a good comparison that that was prior prior art if you like yeah um that, that solves exactly that problem so yeah yeah maybe assuming the bezel is that size is is not such a uh, uh no not not such a bad call at all uh mm-hmm. I guess the other thing I'm thinking here, though, is does that mean we would see Face ID on the new display as well? Oh, um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Why not? So, dialing this back a little bit, I guess what I'm thinking is that one of the one of the um, things that we've had with Touch ID on the MacBook Pros is the idea of well, when is that going to come to an external keyboard? Yeah, so when when are you going to see Touch ID on on, on the, the the Bluetooth keyboard? And I I think that has potentially posed a little bit more difficulty to have Touch ID sort of coming external because then you've got to think about well, what machines does that run with? Does that expose another um, ability to potentially try and hack it if we, we're sort of pairing it over Bluetooth and it's it's external from the core of the machine in that way. Yeah. If you think about Face ID, if that was embedded in a new display, that display is not going to be wireless. It's going to be connected by a, a, a wired connection into the device. And that's the point in which, well, if the new devices that had to talk to that display uh, had something sort of specially configured in terms of the way those, those ports are, are hooked into uh, the logic board on the device itself that that kind of guaranteed that that sort of connectivity through for secure enclave or something like that. It, it might not be. It might be the easier kind of thing to do than than then putting Touch ID over on a keyboard that's that's working over Bluetooth. Huh. You know the 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 connectivity of that new display straight into the main bus and everything else of the logic board is is much more direct. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Face ID on one of them. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I think this could be cool. This uh, this whole MacBook thing. I think it's it could 
clean up what is still quite a confusing lineup. I did think maybe the MacBook Air announcement could be an opportunity for them to try and right some of their wrongs in that department. Yeah, it just only served to confuse the lineup even further, really, when you think about it. And um, and maybe it makes more sense later on this year. Do you know in the, in sort of the way we were just talking a minute ago about well, okay, if these were a bit too svelte, then there is still the the MacBook Air to sort of go down to for for weight. You know, maybe there's a future where the the new Mac, MacBook Airs make a lot more sense when you sit them side by side with these other machines. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think probably the 12 inch MacBook is it's got to get an upgrade soon because that's gone quite a suspiciously long time without an upgrade almost like they're holding off for it to be the first arm mac or something but um, yeah yeah i just kind of imagine you know the, the, the pitch being you've got the the 12 inch and the 13 inch macbook air that's kind of the consumer line then we go to a 16 inch macbook pro and then in time possibly a 14 inch to take over from the 13 inch if it gets the same treatment yep um and the pros will have the touch bar, they'll have liquid retina screens, and they'll have face ID. The 12 and 13 inch MacBook Airs will not. They'll have, you know, square screens, touch ID, yep. and no touch bar. And that, I think, makes quite a lot of sense when you think about it. That also gives quite a few differentiating factors to the, the MacBook Pro line as well. There's um, a bit of parity there with the iPad line as well, if you think about it. So you've got the um, the the 12 inch MacBook is effectively the Mini. Yeah, the MacBook Air is effectively the entry level iPad, and then you've got the the Pro devices are sort of in the same kind of slots and arrangements yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, that's a really interesting point. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I thought that analogy makes even more sense now than when you compare and contrast it to what they're doing with the iPad. It's like, well, like Sean King said when he was on the show, Apple aren't a difficult company to to predict what they're going to do. You just have to pay attention. <laughs> and that's, um, yeah, you know, they're quite clear sometimes how they tell you what they they almost tell you what they're going to do without saying it. Um, yeah, so I think that could make a lot of sense. It could. That's a really clear product line. Twelve and thirteen inch. That's for your regular consumer. Fourteen and sixteen inch. That's for your that's for your pros, and obviously they're more appealing anyway because they'll have potentially you know the liquid retina, the face ID, the touch bar, those features that make people go, "Oh, that looks nice." Then that kind of justifies yeah. the price tag in a way because at the moment it's you start looking at the 13 inch MacBook Pro without touch bar, compare that to the MacBook Air, and it's like, what what what's what's going on here? This is this is just confusing. And then you have got the 12 inch sat there that's really underpowered still, really, yeah, and hasn't been upgraded in a long time. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, Apple is a big ship and a big ship can sometimes take a long time to turn. But I think, think you know, maybe this year, going into the beginning of next year, we, we, we'd have had it all, you know, for the most part, sorted out, I think, with, with the lineup. It might take a bit longer for the 14-inch MacBook Pro to come. Um, I, yeah, that might be maybe next year, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, if you if you were to look at what they did with the retina, they first went retina with the fifteen inch, didn't they? Then it finally came to the thirteen inch. So I, I would presume it'd be a similar kind of affair here, where the, you know the, the sixteen inch gets all the attention, and then eventually, eventually they'll come out with the fourteen. But yeah, potentially, I don't know. I mean, I guess I sort of think again if you think about the the iPad Pro being the sort of analogy here in terms of what's going on there, then then maybe not. 
you know, maybe, maybe it's all in straight away with, with, with both models. Yeah, the only thing that makes me doubt that is that we haven't heard about it. I think if we'd heard about the 16, we probably would have heard about a 14 as well. That's yeah. the only thing that gives me pause there. Um, but yeah, this this whole thing is um, incredibly exciting. I know I've said it already, but I'm, I'm just really excited about it. I think this is going to be great. Um, possibly the best and the worst timing possible for me. <laughs> just thinking <laughs> about my personal situation. Like I say, I've been waiting for the stars to align for me to get this MacBook Pro 2018 you know, all, all the discounts that could be in place are now in place. All the hoops are there ready for me to jump through all at once and save a decent amount of money on one. Um, I've got someone coming to get my iMac off me in about two or three days. So everything's all lined up, you know? Yeah, but I think it's lining up for you to then just wait. Well, yeah, it just feels really weird, though. It's like I've waited so long for these stars to align, and they have, and now I'm just looking at it being, well, I don't want that anymore. Even though we yep. could be months and months out yet. I, I just think, well, I'll, I'll just it, make I'll it. Make could do be it announced and there could be a wait after that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll see the MacBook at the MacBook Pro, the 16 inch. I don't know if we'll see that at WWDC. I mean, I really hope we do. And again, I think it would be the perfect market to pitch it in front of. Um, you know, developers are a, a, a big portion of their pro market. And Provided they've ke- fixed the keyboard problems, yes. <laughs> well that is the thing we still don't really know if they have I mean like you were saying when they did it last year it was a bit like I know they've put the membrane in but have they really fixed it yeah well, I, I was I was on the same page and then when when they came out with the same keyboard in the MacBook Air I was like oh well they, they must have fixed it then because you know why on earth would they put that keyboard in their MacBook Air which is typically the MacBook that loads of people buy you know, when that starts shipping yeah. in volume they can't be having problems like that with it so that gave me a lot of confidence in it. But then, sure enough, I see one of these unbox therapy videos where he's like, look, my MacBook Air keyboard's already broken. I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like, was it just a one-off? I don't know. Maybe. But it's still we still haven't got enough data, really, have we, in terms of time passing? Well, that that's the thing. It takes time. Uh, I think for these machines, though, they do need to, to draw some sort of line under it. So even if it's functionally the same underneath or something, then they've got to make them kind of look and feel different on the top there's just got to be something that sort of makes it feel like they've they've departed from from this current era you know uh, they could I, do they could give it some kind of ip68 certification so it's like if it can keep water out it can keep dust out that'd be the cherry on the cake wouldn't it oh that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> I think now we're getting into the realms of <laughs> wishing for things Wish. that we're probably not going to get. I think, um, yeah, they've, they're probably already giving us enough in the fact they're giving us a new design and they could be giving us a bigger screen with liquid retina and face ID. I mean, I think if we start asking for much more, yep, we're that, very that unlikely would, to get would. it. Yeah. That's, that's a lot to They'll do, isn't it? probably do. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I think what I would be doing is I'll be selling this iMac in the next few days. I'll just basically sit on the money and hopefully save up a bit more between now and when it launches because no doubt this 16 inch will cost more than the current 15 inches are going at i would guess i'd Uh, I'd have said so yes i think there's going to be another jump here if they're hovering around 2k i think they're going to be hovering around 3k is is the sort of (laughs) jump we should expect oh dear right yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Okay, um, so yeah, I'm going to basically start squirreling away more money if I can't have to have another yard sale at this rate. Um, Keep your kidneys safe. 
Yeah, I mean, I've sold some stuff, um, but there is some more stuff I could sell, I suppose. But yeah, I could also just not sell stuff and just save money in the regular way. Yeah, um, you've got a bit of time, I think. Yeah, so. time's on my side at least. Um, but yeah, it'd be lovely just for when these things drop, if I can just, you know, go, pow, give me one of those and just buy it instantly. That, that'd be, that's a feeling I'm looking forward to if, if I'm able to do it. So yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast, and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at You can Dave find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter. I-